Today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. What we should be focusing on is how to get my faith stronger. How do I get my faith stronger? Where I am not wavering, I don't stagger at the promise of God. I am fully persuaded that if God says I won't be ashamed in times of famine, then that's exactly the way it's going to be. So be it. Let's look at John chapter 16 and look at verse 33. I remember the first time I ever read this verse. And shortly after that, I was invited to speak in a little church, (laughs) a little, they said it was full gospel, but after I got there, I found it was full of something, but it wasn't gospel. (laughs) And uh, a little tiny church, little wood frame church on on the far side of town there in Shreveport. And at least the pastor was brave enough to invite me to come, you know, but there were just a handful of people. And they were all sitting in the back. Nobody was sitting up front. And I thought that was strange. And so they're all sitting back there. And I I had just discovered this verse. And I was going to preach from it. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Peace. Anybody got peace in here? Uh, When are we supposed to have peace? Just when everything's going well? Uh, All the time. Jesus said, the things I've said to you will bring peace. In the world, you should have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. So I said, folks, you and I don't have to live like the world lives. And I thought, you know, Christians would say, yes, amen, hallelujah, brother. No, one guy jumped up in the back of the church and challenged me. I didn't know you were allowed to do that. I mean, this is one of my first sermons. I, I didn't know people did that. And he jumped up and said, well, I'll tell you one thing, young man, Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. And the whole back row said, yes, amen. And even the pastor said, "Uh uh-huh. I thought, boy, I am alone in this place. I said, well, sir, I just read to you where Jesus said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. Yeah, that's what he said. And I'm telling you, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Everybody said, yes, amen. Pastor said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I said, sir, you're not reading the entire verse. I said, Jesus did say, in the world you shall have tribulation. They all shout, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Amen. They were fighting for the right to tribulate. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You're not coming in here, little smart mouth preacher, and take our tribulations away from us. We've been tribulating ever since we got saved, and we're going to tribulate all the way home. 
I said, sir, if you're going to quote Jesus, quote him. I said, what's the next word? I don't know. I said, apparently not. Now, this is going on in the service. I didn't know you could argue with people in the audience. I mean, I came out of a paint and body shop. What do I know about preaching, you know? And that's what he thought. You don't know anything about preaching. But I didn't know you could argue with the pastor in the, sur- in the, in the pulpit, you know? But he got so mad at me, he would have scratched my eyes out if he could have got away with it. I said, sir, if you're going to quote Jesus, quote him. What's the next word? He said, I don't know. I said, I just read it to you. The next word is, but. But. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not an English scholar, but I did learn in English class that but is a conjunction, which means he's not through talking. Thou shalt not stop reading. Amen. Nobody ends a sentence with but. I'm going to town, but. But what? That really was a good meal, a good meal today, wasn't? But <laughs> nobody ends a sentence with "but." It's a conjunction. That means something else is coming behind the first statement. So notice, he said, "In the world you shall have tribulation." I don't deny that. I'm in the world. I'm tested and tried, just like everybody else. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That makes all the difference in the world. Hallelujah. So I like to say, don't forget to read the butts. Amen. Because everything changes after the word, but I heard another uh, a preacher one time preaching from second Corinthians chapter four. Listen to what he said. I'll read it to you. We are troubled on every side. We are, dis- we are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are cast down. And people holler, yes, amen. But that's not what it says. It says we are troubled on every side, yet, same thing as but, not distress. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not, uh, not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Notice how the butts change everything. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to read the butts. So notice here, Jesus said, my followers, speaking of his disciples, they didn't, they didn't join the world's ways just as I didn't join the world's ways. You need to make that decision not to join the world's ways. Amen. So in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. The Amplified Bible reads this way. In the world, you will have tribulation, trials, and distress, and frustrations, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you. I have conquered it for you. Somebody give the Lord a good praise. Hallelujah. I have deprived it 
of the power to harm you. I have conquered it for you. Amen. Now, let me ask you this question. Do we, as the godly, the righteous, the upright, do we have hope for the future? No matter what comes down the pike. All right, now let's go to Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four. God will rescue you in bad times. Now, when you talk about the promises of God, you got to bring up Abraham, the father of faith. And let's begin in verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now notice this next strip verse. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Say that with me. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So notice Abraham took the promise that God had given him regarding having a son and that from this son, would become a, a, a mighty nation. Even though when God spoke that to him, he was an old man, Sarah was an old woman, and in the natural, it was impossible for her to conceive. Her womb was dead, and yet God promised them that they would have a son, and from this son would come a mighty nation. Now, there were moments in Abraham's life, just like with us, that he wondered how this could ever be. In fact, he came in one day and Sarah said, you know, I I suppose it went something like this. Abraham, I've been thinking about what God said to us. And you know, it's impossible for me to conceive, but I do know he wants you to have a son. And I've been thinking, maybe what God meant was that if you get with my handmaiden, She's capable of conceiving. And that's how you'll have a son. And Abraham said, that's a wonderful idea. (laughs) (laughs) And he did and she did and Ishmael came. How many of you remember Ishmael? Now Paul picks up on this story and says that Ishmael was of the flesh. In other words, Abraham made mistakes just like you and I do. Lean to the arm of the flesh because something God had promised him looked utterly impossible. The promises we've read from Psalm about how God will treat us in times of famine, 
may look to some people as utterly impossible. And if you'll study your Bible closely, when Ishmael was born, God did not speak to Abraham again for about 13 years. And then when he finally did, and it picks up on this in Genesis chapter 17, and God appears to Abraham and says, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And it was a rebuke. In other words, Abraham, I don't need your help in bringing this to pass. All I need is your faith. And it's still the same way. God doesn't need our help to bring this to pass. All he needs is our faith. Hallelujah. He was rebuking Abraham for leaning to the arm of the flesh. And the Bible says, and Abraham fell on his face and God spoke to him saying, I will make my covenant with me and thee. And here's what will happen. And that changed Abraham's life forever. And then Isaac came. And Paul picks up on this and says, Ishmael was of the flesh and Isaac was of promise. By the promise. Amen. So there's, there, there, it's obvious that even the father of faith had his moments. Look at your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. Amen. But now in Romans 4, we're not, we're not talking about that Abraham who leaned to the arm of the flesh. We're now talking about this Abraham who is fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to bring it to pass. You know, there comes a time in your life when you should become fully persuaded. We don't, that doesn't happen to us automatically. And usually it doesn't happen to us overnight. It didn't happen to me automatically. It didn't happen to me overnight. But as I continued to feed my spirit the word, I began to realize and I began to recognize, hey, I'm not quite as doubtful now as I was a few weeks ago. This looks possible now when it didn't look possible a few weeks ago. And the more word you put into you, the less you have to deal with doubt and unbelief. Amen. Amen. So notice here, Paul is talking about this man who's had a change. And now he's fully persuaded that what God has promised, he was able also to perform. The message translation says that Abraham was sure that God would make good on what he said. How many of you are sure that God will make good on what he says? Then why would you worry about what's coming. Let me try this side of the auditorium. Why would you worry about what the media says is coming? If you're sure that God will make good on what he has promised. Hallelujah. The Passion Translation says, he never stopped believing God's promise. Now that's the attitude you should have. Lift your hands right now and make this solemn pledge to God. I will never stop believing what you have promised. Say it again. I will never stop believing what you have promised. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now, 
Notice once again, he staggered not at the promise of God. The Amplified Bible uh, implies that staggering at the promise of God is to waver and to doubt or to question the validity of God's promise. Let me say it again. The Amplified Bible in its version of, of this implies that to stagger is to waver and to doubt or to question the validity of God's promise. Abraham held fast to what God had promised and his faith was never weakened as a result of it. In fact, the Bible indicates that his faith even grew stronger. Amen. That's, that's what you and I should be focusing on right now. Not this breaking news. What we should be focusing on is how to get my faith stronger. How do I get my faith stronger? Where I am not wavering. I don't stagger at the promise of God. I am fully persuaded that if God says I won't be ashamed in times of famine, then that's exactly the way it's going to be. So be it. Amen. And how do we get our faith stronger? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't ever stop hearing the word of God. You know, I, I, I recommend very highly because I do this. I'm not preaching something to you that I don't do myself. I, I go back and I listen to those first sermons that I heard on faith by Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Oral Roberts, and T.L. Osborne. I have, I have an iPod in that briefcase that I carry everywhere with me. And, and I can fit it in my shirt pocket. I don't know how to download stuff, but I know how to believe God for people that do. <laughs> believe God for the money to pay them. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't know. I'm not good in all that technology. But I took all of my old messages, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, T.L. Osborne, uh, uh, Oral Roberts, John Osteen, some of Fred Price, and took them in a box over to the publication building and said, download this on my iPod so I can take them everywhere I go. Now, I had reel-to-reel, -reel, I had cassette, some CDs. They said, when do you need them? I said, Friday. <laughs> Today was Wednesday. <laughs> I said, I'm leaving uh, for Africa on Friday, and I want to be able to listen to them on that trip. And boy, they were up all night and downloading them. And I had them in my shirt pocket when I got on that jumbo jet and I took it out as soon as we took off. And I put my headset on and I started listening to Kenneth Hagin, Faith 101, Basics of Faith. He called it the ABCs of Faith. Now I've heard him preach it at least a hundred times or more. But it exploded in me just like it did the first time I heard it. In fact, Brother Copeland and I talk about it quite often when we're on these meetings together, his victory campaigns. He'll, he'll bring up, I was listening, Gloria and I were listening to Kenneth Hagin the other night, and I heard something that he said years ago. And I, I, I backed it up and played it again. I said, Gloria, did you hear that? I don't remember him saying that before. And it's always something you didn't hear before. Or it, or it goes off in you. 
like never before. Amen. That's how I keep my faith strong. Is I not only feed on the word myself, but I've got somebody preaching to me on faith all the time. Sometimes I get up in the morning and, and I've got a little uh, player over there on, on, on the vanity and I'll just turn on a Kenneth Hagin or, or one of those men that were my mentors back in those early days and I'll just listen to them as I'm shaving and getting ready to shower and getting ready to dress and go start my day. Just listen to them. I may not be sitting there just focused on that, but I can hear it. Amen. Just like you can be in the kitchen and have the TV on CNN and cooking, and then you'll, oh my God, did you hear that? There's a famine coming. <laughs> you weren't focused on that TV, but you heard it. Right. Amen. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. Brother Amen. Lester Summerall used to say, feed your faith and starve your doubts. Amen. Feed your faith. Don't ever stop feeding your faith. So what did Abraham do? He held fast to God's promises and his faith didn't weaken. In fact, his faith even grew. Amen. He simply took God at his word, as the Bible said, and God brought it to pass. And God is the same today. If people will dare to take him at his word, he'll bring it to pass. Now, in verse 12, you still there in Romans chapter 4? In verse 12, the latter part of that verse says that uh, we are to walk in the same faith as our father Abraham. We are to walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. In other words, look at Abraham's life, particularly study this Romans 4, and then go back to Genesis chapter 17. Because that Genesis 17 is the chapter where Abraham changed. Okay? And, and read Genesis 17 and read Romans chapter 4. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then as a result of verse 12, learn to walk in the same steps of faith that Abraham did. And if you read these chapters closely then you'll, you'll come to realize, okay, then one of the things I need to do is to focus on the promise and not allow myself to stagger at the promise. Don't allow myself to waver where that promise is concerned. If you find yourself wavering, then go back and read those chapters again, particularly the promises regarding how God will treat his own in hard times. Now, I just read a few verses. There are many, many more, particularly in Psalms, many more. In fact, I didn't read this one, but I'll tell you, in Job, it also says, and the reason I didn't bring it up in one of those at the beginning of the service when I was reading from Psalm about famine, because a lot of people would have had a hard time receiving it. But I'm going to tell you now. I think you can receive it now. In Job, it actually says, at famine, thou shalt laugh. <laughs> Amen. How could anybody laugh in a famine? 
because they know something other people don't know. They have promises. The godly have promises. I said the godly have promises. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. In other words, let Abraham be an example to you. If God fulfilled his promises to Abraham, when he staggered not at them, then he'll do the same for us if we'll follow Abraham's example. Don't let what the world says overshadow what God has promised. I'm going to say that again. Don't let what the world says overshadow what God has promised. Amen. Now, let me give you one more meaning of the word or the phrase staggered not. It means never allowed, he never allowed himself to become agitated. He never allowed himself to become agitated. If you get agitated, frustrated, and depressed over what you're hearing in the news, then it's time to turn it off and go get back in the Word of God. Amen. What should you do when life gets hard? How should you respond to setbacks, failures, and times of trouble? Today's special offer, the God Will Rescue You special package, contains Jerry Savelle's three-part audio series, In Hard Times, God Will Rescue You. His best-selling book, The God of the Breakthrough Will Visit Your House, and the eye-opening book, The Nature of Faith. Discover how supernatural intervention is on the way. Obstacles preventing your breakthrough are about to be removed. In this package, Jerry teaches how to respond to adversity, how faith can grow or decrease, how to get out of survival mode, and how to receive your breakthrough. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the God Will Rescue You special package. Be inspired to see God take unfavorable circumstances and turn them around for your benefit. Let Jerry strengthen your faith and understanding of God's breakthrough power. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I trust that the program has been such an inspiration to your faith, and I believe that you are now in position to experience a major breakthrough from God. Don't ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on His Word. God always comes through when we dare to trust Him, dare to take Him at His Word, and I'm telling you, God is going to rescue you in your troubled time. So just stay in faith. Don't give up, refuse to back down, and just expect God to do the miraculous. Amen. Before we leave the air, let me remind you once again of our special resource package, three CDs on the message that we've been talking about. In hard times, God will rescue you. This is God's promise to every one of us. God is not going to let you fail. God is not going to let you down. God is going to come through for you. And then right along with it, a book that I wrote some time back, The God of the Breakthrough Will Visit Your House. This is a powerful book. It has gone around the world. We still get testimonies from people talking about how that this book has positioned them to experience major breakthroughs in their life. It's part of the package. And then also we wanted to include a book that I wrote a number of years ago entitled The Nature of Faith teaching you how that your faith can be developed, how that it can grow, and how that it can put you in position to experience what once seemed impossible is now 
possible. So this is a special resource package we have available for you this week. Go online, jerrysavelle.org. Place your order today while it's fresh on your mind. We'll get it to you just as quickly as we possibly can. Join us again next time. And remember this, your faith will overcome the world.